Greetings, friends and family. It is the weekend of Sunday, November the 27th, and it is the first Sunday of Advent. I hope that you and yours had a great, great Thanksgiving. What does an RSVP look like to the greatest announcement of all time? Now, this this is a different kind of of RSVP. It's it's not a form you fill out to to let someone know that you're coming. Perhaps we thought it was just a decision card that we filled out when we were a kid to follow Jesus or or maybe we think the RSVP is making sure that we show up at church every Sunday, but is that really what we're talking about here? You see God makes an announcement that he is sending his son in the form of a baby and that child is going to be the hope of the nations. He's going to inaugurate a new way of living, a new kingdom that has very different values. And he wants to invite us, everyone, to come and be a part of that kingdom. And 2,000 years later, we are still left with the invitation. We've been waiting and waiting, and the church has set up this time in our calendar to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And it's not just one day that we celebrate. It's an entire month leading up to the birth of Jesus. What we are talking about, of course, is Advent. It is the liturgical year you see opens with Advent. It's the season that teaches us to wait for what is beyond the obvious. It trains us to see what is behind the apparent. Advent makes us look for God in all those places we have until now ignored. That's the Benedictine nun and author Joan Chistiter's quote. The church has set up this to exercise symbolically the wait that we are all waiting for, and that would be Christ's second coming and the final restoration of all things. Advent means waiting. So it's kind of easy to talk about waiting and and what it looks like and how, in fact, we should wait, which we're going to get into. How, though, is, is only part of what is happening. The other question that we're asking is, why are we waiting? Or maybe, what are we waiting for? So what are we waiting for? Why are we waiting? The way we answer these questions drastically shapes the way we live and how we act from day to day. So, so what is Advent and what is all this waiting about? Well, Advent at some level is the waiting for Jesus Christ's return and setting all things right. It's trusting in his promise that he is going to do what he said. It is receiving the grace to know that I cannot save the world, but I can participate with God in his salvation of all things. Advent is also more of a solidarity with the church over the last 2,000 years and living in the tension of the kingdom of God being yet and not yet, now and and not now. We, we live knowing that the kingdom is alive. It's here and it's now. We know it's spreading. We see it integrated with everything. And we desperately try to live as a part of this kingdom because it is where life is found and it helps us to be where to be who we were created to be. This kingdom came when Jesus Christ was born, when the announcement was made. In the same breath, though, we, we live in this awkward tension of the kingdom still not being fully realized. We, we still see hate we see violence. We, we still see obvious examples that the world is not right. So there's tension. The world is supposed to be one way, but it isn't. And, and the way the world should be is out there and it's making ground, but so is the way the world shouldn't be. We live in the uneasy tension of the kingdom being fully present and nowhere to be found. 
So we wait. We wait for the kingdom to be fully realized. We wait for the kingdom to be fully here. We wait. We, we learn what it looks like to wait. And here's what Jesus says about waiting, found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verses 35 through 48. He says this. He says, Be dressed and ready for service and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve. He will recline. He will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You, you also must be ready because the son of man will come in an hour when we do not expect him. The story of Jesus and the announcement of Jesus demands an RSVP. It's an invite, and it's calling us to answer. Many of us have mistaken the RSVP as some passive thing. It's something that we do once, that we say, yeah, I'm in, I'm in. But Jesus had something else in mind. Jesus compares the the RSVP process to servants waiting for their master to come home. You see, Jesus takes waiting very seriously. These Servants respond by their waiting, which seems to be synonymous with watching and preparing and hoping for the arrival. You see, waiting in this case when concerning Jesus is not the same passive understanding that something is going to happen one day. It's an aggressive waiting that takes over our entire life. It's preparing ourselves and preparing our environment for the coming of our master. So during this season of Advent, We wait in two ways, one, active waiting, and secondly, hopeful waiting, hopeful waiting. Our waiting is always shaped by by an alertness to the word. It is waiting in the knowledge that someone wants to address us. The question is, are we home? Are we at our address, ready to respond to the doorbell? We need to wait together to keep each other at home spiritually so that when the word comes, it can become flesh in us. That is why the book of God is always in the midst of those who gather. We read the word so that the word can become flesh and have a whole new life in us. Those are the words of Henry Nouwen. Are we ready? Is our house ready? What are we doing? You know, the scriptures are full of this language of waiting, and it doesn't mean to just sit around and patiently sort of twiddle our thumbs for something. First Corinthians chapter four says this, therefore, do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes, who will both bring the light to the, to the things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motive, the motives of men's hearts. And then each man's praise will Will come to him from God. And then in Hebrews chapter 9, so Christ also having been offered once to bear the sins of many will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await him. And then Romans 8, 23, and, and not only this, but we also ourselves having the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons and daughters, the redemption of our body. See, this isn't just about being aware. This is about ordering our lives so it's consistent with what is coming and what is real. And this is why we spend so much time studying what the kingdom of God looks like. We are to 
to be actively participating and bringing this kingdom to earth while we wait. If we if we don't know what it looks like, then we will think waiting just means going somewhere on a Sunday and, and doing the good church thing until something like the rapture happens or, or whatever your end times um, theology and doctrines teach you. And that kind of waiting is a waiting of something to happen so that we can get out of here. It's an escapist theology of rapture or or of us leaving this earth. When we ascribe to that form of waiting, we end up being devoid of responsibility or action while we sit around and quote unquote, wait for something to happen. But waiting the way that Jesus is speaking about is as a community, creating the right environment for our waiting to manifest itself into some kind of active participation. And the second type of waiting is hopeful waiting. This isn't wishful waiting. Wishes are when you wait for something specific and then when you don't get it, you get depressed. Wishful waiting is is, is like trying to control the future. But hopeful waiting, well, that's open-ended. And it's left in the control of the one who made the promise, Jesus. You see, hopeful waiting is it's wet cement. It's why we have such a hard time with it. We, we tie our waiting in with our wishes for how things should happen rather than tying it into the promises that tell what will happen. Wishful waiting is about getting our way and, and, and what we can get out of it. Hopeful waiting is, is allowing our life to be shaped by the promises that are soon to be fulfilled. Wishful waiting gets, gets us impatient real fast. Because we're, because we're getting what we expect, hopeful waiting is patiently living as if it's already happened because one day it will. The French philosopher Simone Veal says this, waiting patiently in expectation is the foundation of spiritual life. So how do we actively wait for Jesus now? So we're waiting, this hopeful expectation, yet there's something unique about hopeful waiting rather than wishful waiting. Many times when we wait in hopeful expectation, we're, we are handed what we did not expect. We expect Jesus to come and we expect God to move, but often he does this in very unexpected ways. The Jewish people expected a Messiah, a ruler, a king, and they got that, but he came as a baby. He lived among us, and then he was crucified. Opening ourselves up to this type of unexpected uh, news and delight is the kind of waiting that we are engaged in. When a pregnant woman waits in expectation for her birth, she starts to grow outwardly. Her body starts to change and to prepare itself while the promise inside of her starts to press up against her belly, push up against it, revealing its anticipation to the world. It's something new that we're waiting for this Advent. Well, similarly, we wait for God to do something new in us and bring us fully into this new creation, all the while living out these values now. Advent is about forcing our individual selfish schedules into a larger schedule of God's plan. It forces us to acknowledge what we are actually waiting and longing for something, that, that same longing we have for things to be set right is the same longing that Israel had for Jesus to show up. It came unexpectedly. It came as a baby, but it came. And so now we wait again, longing for that second coming, for the kingdom to come fully. And blessed is the slave in whom his master will find working when he arrives. Let's don't be idle. Let's be active. Let's, let's already be about the master's 
work, constantly advancing his kingdom while we wait for him to make that final move. Let, let's be a pregnant community, preparing every possible way for promise to be fulfilled. We aren't preparing because the promise won't happen if we don't. We are preparing because we want to be prepared. We prepare for the same reasons a mother prepares to have her child. We want to be ready. We want to, be full, we want to fully experience everything there is about it. We don't want to be asleep. So while we wait, let's be sensitive to the signs and the movements of the promise. Jesus' followers had to change and be shaped by the promise because no one was ever expecting the promise to come as a baby in a manger who, who would eventually be crucified on a cross. They were attentive to the movements of what was happening around them so that they could change their understanding to see where God was moving and what, in fact, he was doing. Their waiting consisted of them listening and being aware of of how they should live. And that same message is found with John the Baptist in waiting for the Messiah. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That This is how we wait. We repent. It, this isn't a call for all those who have said some prayer of repentance to tell everyone else who hasn't um, to, to say that they're sorry for all they've done wrong. It's a call to join in with the church and waiting for Jesus to make all things new. It's, it's, a, it's a call to radically shift the focus of life and start living as if we were already a new creation. This isn't just a guilt thing. It's not even a thing we say. Repentance is, is a way of waiting actively with our lives and turning into a direction that fulfills the kingdom that is spoken of. Repentance happens when communities of people take what was once a negative, hateful, and death-dealing way to live and, and turn it around so that they're positive, that they're loving, that they're life-giving. When Jesus says repent, he is saying that our entire lives should match up to this kingdom that is here and now, everything, every, every single part of it. Waiting is about living a life in line with the kingdom, otherwise known as a repentant life. So while we live in this tension of restoration being now and and not yet, we live as if it's already come while we wait for it to be fully realized. We live in hope, not wishful thinking that Christ will come back and make all things right. In the meantime, we wait, but we live as if it's already happened. Robert Weber, the American theologian, says this, Advent asks us to deal with the basics of, of our relationship to God through Jesus Christ. Do I really believe in Jesus? Have I put my hope and trust in him? Do I see the future through the eyes of the one who came to redeem the world from the power of evil? Is there a longing within me for him to be formed within, to take up residence in my personal life, in my home, in my vocation? These are not easy questions to answer. They require meditation, intention, and above all, a commitment that remains steadfast. But if we would break away from a spiritual life growing cold and a Christ who is becoming distant, we must be attentive to our spiritual discipline and long for God to break in on us with new life. When we do this, we experience the true meaning of Advent spirituality. Watchfulness, Luke 12, 35 through 48, be dressed and ready for service. Keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. 
that will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve and will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will, it will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. But you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour when we do not expect him. Amen. And God bless.